Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. I'm interested. I'm somewhat confused, but um, an ominous start to the J.P. Peterson show. You shouldn't be confused. Do I feel? I, I feel the presence. I don't. I don't feel the presence of Darth Vader. But that's that's the Tampa Bay Rays and their mighty offense. Oh my the goodness! Right there. Well, the evil empire has always been associated with some other club. Mm. But now we're saying it's the it's the Rays. It's the Rays, baby. The Rays are the evil empire. The evil empire. Those who love to hate them in the MLB. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it quite fits. I mean, I think we're more of the underdog rebel, well, uh, be rebel fighters. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. What? That's not why I played the music. Okay. Why, why, why did you play the it's music? It's May the 4th, JP. Oh, it's May the 4th. Okay. I did not know that. I had to connect it there. Yes. I connected it there just a little bit, but it's yeah. May the 4th. The Rays are definitely not the evil empire. May the 4th be with you. Oh, great. My, so. Maybe there's a happy Star Wars song I could have played, but I'm not up to date with my no, Star no, Wars. No, that's the, you got you to gotta, you gotta play that one right there. So uh, uh, I am your Yoda of all things Tampa Bay sports, so good morning. And um, it's, uh, it's an interesting day to be a Tampa Bay fan as we got lots of good stuff to, to talk about today. The Rays win again. Eight to one, <laughs> and only the Rays could do it the way the Rays did it. Calling up some thirty-five-year-old has been that was supposed to pitch in a Triple A game in Louisville to come pitch for the Rays, and not that it was a high, necessarily super high-leverage situation, but the dude comes in and pitches. I mean, I, what did I tell you the day before? I said, "Here comes, here comes Chase Anderson, who's been in the big leagues for a long time." And he's kind of flamed out in recent years, and now he's 35, and he's going to come in, and I bet you he's going to have an ERA below two. I, what I bet you. And then he goes through shutout innings. Well, there, so there is some type of Yoda thing, Obi-Wan Kenobi thing going on with the Rays pitching. Whatever it is, they, 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 they put some force out there and take these, these broken down, you know, has-beens. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. What are the Millennium Falcon? It, they're all, like the Millennium Falcon somehow becomes this super crazy, um, amazing ship every time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like what the, what the Rays do with their pitching. They just go find broken down old, old uh, rust buckets and make them into serviceable, very good, at the speed of light, amazing fighters. And here we go. So we connected it in some there way. You go. May the fourth, may the fourth be with you. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk some Braves baseball this morning. We're going to talk some Bucks football as well with all of our <laughs> champagne problems that we have. Shout out to Larry Foote for, for having, like, the soundbite of one buck of the offseason. Yes, yes. Shout out to Larry Foote for that. How do you think that made Devin Whitefield? Did he put a, 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 a champagne glass on his Instagram? 
I think that would have been a nice, nice little rebuttal for him. Was he blasting T Swizzle last night? He may have been blasting T Swizzle. I, I doubt it very seriously. But you know, she—if I'm not mistaken—she played that. She doesn't. She doesn't normally play that song. Did she play it when you were there? Yeah, she played it. They, she, they trade out two like acoustic songs every every uh, concert to just liven it up so people, because of course everybody knows what the set list is. Everybody knows everything about the concert before they even get there, so the surprise is gone. We ruin everything, right? But she does trade out a couple of songs, and that was the one she did. She did Champagne Problems acoustically on the piano. It was a really good song, by the way. I've never heard the song. Yeah, really good song. Really good song. Um, but, um, yeah, so maybe, um, I don't know if uh, Larry Foote and his, his, his girls were at the concert, but he definitely was on board with uh, that. And that's, I mean, if I'm Devin White, if I have Bruce Arians, you know, I'll, you know, obviously he's not his head coach anymore, but saying, hey, yeah, you want, to, you want $20 million a year? Go earn it. And then your 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 position coach, your guy, the coach that's probably closest to you, says, "Hey, man, that's champagne problems. Go out and earn it." I mean, <laughs> we should give that extra eight million that Devin White wants, and yeah. we should give it to Larry Foot yeah. for having the most honesty from yeah. a coach in this building. Indeed, that didn't come out of Todd Bowles's mouth. No, You're it right. did not. You're right. So, yeah, um, I, I totally agree, and I think it set the record straight. And maybe you know, and here's the thing. For Devin, how do you how do you come back, you know, to the OTAs and, and hang out with your teammates and do all this stuff? I know guys treat it like, okay, that's your money, that's the way you're gonna play it. But this just seems so like out of whack. He's not you're you're not that guy. I think he I think he thinks he's that he prob well, you know, this is the problem. This is the problem when you go to the mic and the podium when Warren Sapp is, you know, putting out tape on your captain who's loafing on the field. And, you know, there are other issues with his play. And you go to the podium as a head coach and you defend him to the hilt. Well, that gives him a false sense of confidence that, you know, when he hears Todd Bowles say, yeah, he's our best defensive player, which I don't – I wouldn't even – I'd say he's a dis, at least third on the team, if not fourth. And if you're best defensive player, though, maybe that's why he thinks he's worth $20 million. Maybe that's why he thinks he should be traded. Why he's getting disrespected at eleven point seven million dollars? Think about that. Levante David's making like four million guaranteed this year. Think about that statement. We have a player that's making about to make twelve million essentially this year, and we're really upset about that. We feel really disrespected about disrespected. Yeah, as a twenty-five-year-old, that's not good enough. There's a twenty-five-year-old who has has holes all in his game. Disrespected. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But I can't, you know, you shouldn't use your platform to tear other people down. Oh, really... I, I apologize. I, <laughs> sorry. I'm you so, shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. You're no, right. You're we right. You should come right. on here and praise right. him and, and say how awesome he is. And look, he, the dude, the, what he did in Seattle, or, or not in Seattle, but in Germany uh, for the Seattle game after his father passed, that was superhuman. Yes. That was his best game. That was amazing. That was, but that's the Devin White we want to see every week. And if you want to be a twenty million dollar player, that's who you got to be every single week, not just one week. That's not how the the league works. And he's got to become more consistent. And he's got all of it in him. He's got. I mean, he's got all the athletic ability he needs. And you know, we've said this many times. His game has not improved in those areas. You, you want to see a guy, especially a $20 million player, who comes into the league, who's really good, obviously a huge part of their Super Bowl run,
but you want to see his game improve as it goes on. Get better at the, your weak, your weaker areas. Spend that time in the offseason to get stronger. Improve your technique. Do all those things. That's how you get to the next level. You know, Michael Jordan came in. He was a mediocre shooter at best, but had the greatest athletic talent in the game. He made himself into a great shooter. He made himself into a tenacious defender. He made himself into the best player in basketball. He had the talent. And he had the will, but you have to bring it all together. And you have to continue to improve your game and work on your game. Like Derek Brooks said, he treated every season like he had to come in and make the team every year. And that's how he treated the offseason. I got to get better. I got to get stronger. I got to get faster. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Does that look like what Devin White's been doing with his game? No. 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 And if you want to be the leader of a team and you want to be a $20 million player, in my opinion, I think you need to show up up with your team. Yeah. You need to be there. Because Damn right. things are going to change on that defense this year. It's not going to be the same thing the way it was last year and the year before that. Todd Bowles is going to want to evolve things a little bit, and he has to, quite frankly. Yes. You're Devin White. You want to be, you're the guy. Like, be in the building. There's nothing benefiting Devin White from, stand, from sitting at home. Because eventually, if he continues to hold out, well, what's going to happen? He's going to get fined, right? So right. now you're losing money, the precious money that you're complaining about right, right. now. Right. You're going to lose that, and you're not going to learn everything you need to know, and you're not getting better. I, I don't understand. I don't know who his agent is or what his agency is, but if this is the advice that his agents were giving him, it's terrible advice. If it's something that he really feels internally that he needs to do and, and you know, scrub your social media, uh, demand a trade, all that, you know, all those stuff, all those posts that he put out saying goodbye to Bucks fans and then rescinded it saying it was just some other stuff, which was a lie. I mean, that's, uh, don't insult the intelligence of everybody around you. Yeah, by doing that, and it's just—it's a lot of PR missteps for a guy that's you know should be trying to prove himself even more to get to that next level. Um, so I, 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 I don't see, and this is going to be something that you really need to watch because I think it's going to tell you a lot about Todd Bowles. Is is Todd Bowles going to continue to coddle this guy and make excuses for him and not call him out when his defensive coordinator calls him out for the champagne problems? Is or, that just that's incongruent? That does not fit. It's not a good look. And as much as we love Todd Bowles, this is these are the things as a head coach that he needs to be better at. He needs to hold hold guys accountable and not give them false uh, confidence or false bravado that they should be asking. Not, I'm not saying Todd Bowles told him to do this. I'm just saying when you go out in front of a podium and you defend a player who's clearly not doing what he should be doing, that. Everybody, everybody on your team is looking at that. All of the players are looking at it going, what, what, what are we talking about here? You know, and then that's where the accountability, they lose, they lose faith in the head coach, they lose faith in the system, and everything goes haywire. And you saw a lot of what you saw last year, guys not on point. Not, you, know, you, you, create a, you created a culture, Bruce Arians did, and Todd Bowles did too. He was a big part of the staff that, that won a Super Bowl. There was, there was accountability on every level. When guys made mistakes, they were called out for it publicly and privately, and the mistakes weren't as prevalent. Last year, it was the exact opposite. It was the exact opposite. So if Todd Bowles is to be successful as a head coach, to me, that's one of the main things he's got to work on. He's got to start drawing those lines in the sand because once you let one guy get away with it or two guys or three guys get away with it, Mm -hmm. everybody sees it, and it takes the accountability and the – the lack, the lack of discipline just starts. Yeah, and I know everybody wants to compare his situation to, to Roquan White, 
and or Roquan oh, Smith, Smith, rather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's let's not forget Roquan Smith didn't get what he wanted right away. Right, he had to come back and play right. for Chicago. I think he played eight games last year yeah. before he was dealt at the trade deadline. So. Maybe eventually he got it, but even when he went to Baltimore, they didn't sign him. Nope. They didn't trade for him and said, "Okay, here's your twenty million dollar contract." Nope. You still had to play he under. Still it. Had to yeah. play under it. Like, That's what I'm saying. You got no leverage. There's here. no leverage, and you don't have any leverage because you just doubled or almost tripled your pay. So that that's the that's the give and take in the CBA. Yeah, you get that fifth year option, but it's going to bump up to what basically you would have made in the first year of free agency Correct. anyway. So it's kind of like a, a little bit of arbitration. It's not quite market value though, and of course. When you get the new deal, you get the guaranteed money, which is the bigger number, 50, 60, 70 million dollars, whatever it's going to be. I think Roquan got 50 guaranteed. So it doesn't, it's, to me, it doesn't help you from a leverage standpoint at all. You, if you don't play, you're not going to make any money. If you, cut, if, you, if you beef about it, you look like a malcontent and your trade value goes down and you piss off the players that your team you're with. It's just not a good strategy on any level. If you really want to make the 20 million, then you say you say you, the contract extension that the Bucks are giving you. You say, "Thank you very much. I appreciate the offer. It's not quite what I'm looking for, so I'm going to go out and ball out this year." And I mean, imagine if he comes out instead of does all that childish stuff on Instagram and says, "and says uh, here, dear Buccaneer fans, we've been trying to work on a long-term extension with the Buccaneers. It's not quite. We didn't quite come to an agreement on what what it is. So." I have very high aspirations to be the you know a hundred million dollar player, so I'm going to play on this fifth year option and ball out and go earn that money and, and show everybody in the NFL I'm the best linebacker in football, and and uh, and then hopefully we can um, after this season the Bucks will um, and we can come to an agreement that I feel is worthy and I can earn it or I'll go I'll hit the open market. I mean, what what fan wouldn't just get excited about that, right? What uh, the other teams in the league would be like, "Wow, this guy's all right." You know, he's putting it out there on Front Street. Let's go, and, and it, your your team rallies around it. Positivity, right? We got lots of positivity going here. Everybody's, you know, not quite what I wanted in my contract, but you know what? That's fine. If we don't agree, I'll just go out and show you how much better and that I am worth it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay me, somebody else will. I would applaud that. That's not ditching on your team. That's just saying, okay, we have a real disagreement on what, what my worth is. Okay, then I'm just going to go out and prove it. I'd be like, let's go, Devin. Let's go. Instead, everybody's doing what? Going, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're, you're, you're decreasing your value dramatically, not only with the Buccaneers, but with every other team in the league. And what happens if you go out and get hurt this year? God forbid. We don't want that, Devin. But if you do, then you just look like a malcontent who didn't play to his potential. You ain't getting anything from anybody, not of any substance. You're going to have to go out and prove it again, coming off an injury. So I, whoever's representing him or whatever, whoever came up with this strategy, that is an epic fail, an epic fail on every level. You could have, you could have taken it to a different direction in a positive way for everyone, and you took it exactly the opposite way. And help doesn't help Devin, doesn't help your team, doesn't help his chances to get what doesn't impress other teams. Mm-hmm. You think other teams sit back there going, oh, yeah, this, I want to get this guy. He's a malcontent. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. No, and it's interesting. I mean, Larry, and Larry Foote said that yesterday. He's not the first one. He won't be the last. And we've seen this a lot this offseason, Lamar Jackson being the yep. biggest example of this. Yep. 
Now, what's interesting is like I think Bucks fans are really sour on Devin White right now. Yeah. After all this. Yeah. I don't I, think many Ravens fans were necessarily sour when Lamar Jackson requested a trade from Baltimore. I don't recall that being the case. No, I think there was a lot of it, it was from what I could tell it was very mixed. I think there were some fans that were like, you know, come on, man. You're but I think getting, a majority. But I think, but I think there have, a lot of other people were pointing the finger at the Ravens. Exactly. Yeah. I think. I think the in that case, it was pointed more at the Ravens. And why aren't you paying this guy? We love this guy. He's our franchise quarterback. He might be the most talented player we've ever had in the history of our franchise on offense. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you got to get this guy under contract. So it was like a completely different thing. Whereas when it comes to Devin's point of view, or from Devin's case rather, like. Where are Bucks fans out on him? If you ran a poll of, like, where do you want this guy to come back? I mean, what percentage do you want him to come back and which percentage you are okay with him going? Like, is it, which way is it leaning right now? Well, let's run a poll. Let's see what, see what well, they that's say. That's the only way to do it, right? Yeah, you got to run a poll. Right, got to run a poll. <laughs> my, my sense is on Bucks Twitter is that I think fans are upset. I think, fan, I think, I think we're echoing what a lot of fans are saying, is that there's still holes in your game. You're, you haven't proven that you're one of the better linebackers, you know, top five linebacker in the game consistently. You, um, you're not worth $20 million a year. I, and that's the other thing. I'm, even if he balls out this year, I'm not sure I want to be paying an inside linebacker $20 million a year. I don't think it's a position that warrants that unless, no, I, unless you're, you're just, you know, you're a game wrecker. And I wouldn't call him a game wrecker. No, like if the, like, the contracts have always gone up, has obviously gone up in the past seven, eight years. But, like, if it was 2015, let's just say Levante David after his first four years in the league, okay? Yeah. And let's say he didn't want to play on his fifth-year option and he wanted close to $20 million. And that would have been in, like, 2015, 2016? Mm-hmm. Okay, we can have a conversation at $20 million. I can make it work. Because mm-hmm. it's Levante David, right? And it's his prime, and I'm getting all I'm getting what he ha- is at that time. Consistency, and I'm getting the rest of his prime. The top numbers in the league in terms of forced fumbles, cause fumbles, tackles, all the things you want an inside linebacker to do. Exactly. And yeah. when I look at Devin again, I know it sounds like we're always picking on him, but I just you got to put on the tape sometimes to yeah. watch him. Yeah. You can look at the numbers and twenty and a half sacks and all these pass defenses and all these tackles and everything. But watch the tape. Yeah. And you know who watches the tape? And again, they're not the end-all, be-all. But Pro Football Focus, they watch the tape and they, and they make these grades and everything. He graded below a 50 last year in six games. And he yeah. was below a 60 in seven other games. So right. that's 13 of his games where he's giving you below average production from the linebacker position. I rest my case. I mean, you can't. My eyes tell me it. <laughs> yes. The tape tells me it. Everything tells me that he's not a $20 million linebacker. End of story. Yeah, when I hear Todd Bowles say he's their best player on the field, I'm just like, I, I don't get it. No, and again, and where the Bucks are sitting at in the situation, Tristan Wirfs is moving to left tackle now, right? We're, we're under that assumption. Right. If he balls out at left tackle, which we think he will, guess what? His price is going up That's right. for, for what he was going to be at a right tackle. That's right. Now he's guarding the blind side. His price is going up. Laramie Tunsil got $25 million, and I'm going to argue right now that he's not in Tristan Works' ballpark no. as a player. Good no. player, no. but he's not Tristan Works. Tristan Works realistically could get $30 million on, 
on the open market. Yikes. He could be the first left which, tackle to which, break that. Which, which, again, I mean, you have to be, you always have to be savvy with your cap. Exactly. The cap's going up. And if the Bucks are going to do that, they, if the Bucks know that, his price is going to be somewhere in that 25 to 30 range, because obviously it is. Right. You have to save for that. You have to account for that. And he's 100% worth it. And he's playing at the second most valuable position on the field. Yeah. And then throw Winfield in there as well. There's, there's really no debate for it. Yep, I agree. 100%. Let's hear from Larry Foote. What did Larry Foote have to say yesterday? This is uh, the co-defensive coordinator, uh, longtime linebacker coach here, longtime NFL player, by the way. Been in the league. Via our friends at Pewter Report, really by good, the way. Really good uh, linebacker. Well, he's not going to be the first and he's not going to be the last. We know that. Uh, like I told him, he's getting paid $11 million this year. Those are champagne problems. And uh, I get it on both sides. And uh, I just... He didn't play a lot of ball. Do we need to be here in the spring? We would love him to be here, but uh, it's not going to hurt him from a standpoint uh, of playing. But, you know, I want him here, and I'm quite sure that's going to get worked out. But I understand both sides. And it's part of the business that uh, nobody likes, but it is what it is. <laughs> and, and that's another thing. You're not going to go to OTAs. You're not. You're. You're not. Gonna, you're. You're captain on this team, and you're not going to go to OTAs. It's not a great look. It's not a great look when Aaron Rodgers does it. It sure hell is not a great look if Devin White doesn't do it. I'm. I'm. Like, like I'm. I, if it, if I were running this club, it would be different. I would have traded him. I. I don't know what. What you know, you'd have to give me at least a two. Well, here, get well here's, here's a scenario for you. We talked about you and know, now that I got Servassier Dennis, yeah, in the camp. Then we'll get, let me throw you a scenario, and we have to kind of see. This is kind of who I would argue is already a better linebacker against the run. All right, we'll see. But let me throw a scenario, and this is kind of contingent on getting the NFL schedule, which comes out what later this month. Mm-hmm. I need to know how the schedule is going to actually look. But given the list of opponents that they have for next year, right. I just mentioned that Roquan Smith ended up playing eight games for the Bears before he was traded to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Let's say we get to week eight or week nine, whatever the deadline is. It's right around there, right? Right. Let's say we get there and the Bucks are three and five, two and six, you know? It's a God, forbid, possibility. God forbid they're one and seven or something. Oh, stop it. I don't know. I'm just putting it out stop there. Stop it. Just putting it out there. All right. What's stopping the Bucks from going, all right, now we'll make the move? Nothing. Nothing stopping them from doing it, and at the end of the day, is it is any no harm, no foul, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter when you actually trade him necessarily. Right. I just think that you should do it before you get nothing for him, because you have already established you're not paying him twenty million dollars, barring him going out this year and being you know a defensive player of the year candidate, right? Which I frankly don't see happening. So, again, who's stopping the Bucks from doing that at week eight or week nine? No, they're not. I mean, they say they're not going to trade him, but you know, circumstances change, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I just I'm I'm soured on the whole situation to be honest with you. I just think it was just a bad plan from the very beginning, and I think a lot of this has the Bucks have Todd Bowles especially has some culpability here for continuing to, you know, at some point if had they called him to the carpet and said, "Listen, man, you're not getting it done the way you should be getting it done." Do you think he would be scrubbing his media and doing all these things? No, they, maybe they, he would have a more realistic impression they, of where, where he stands on the pen course. I'm here to tell you, if the Bucks feel 
don't feel like he's worth $20 million. There's not another team out there that, that will. I, 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 think, I think other teams will go, well, if the Bucks aren't going to pay him that much, and they know him better than anybody else, why should we? Right. Yeah. They the, to me the the Bucks Todd Bowles. I think they've inflated his ego. Yeah. And they've they've they're tr- they've almost given him leverage in a sense because they continue to prop him up and tell him how great he is and that it's unfair to pick on him and you know we got other people doing other things wrong and all this stuff right and the one person who called him out last year in the public team legend Warren Sapp right and you saw the way that Devin White responded to that right he was having no part of it right. A very immature response. Completely unbothered by the yeah. fact that a Hall of Famer called you out. Right. Right? So I think Devin's just – I don't know if he's listening to the wrong people or you said it – I mean, maybe his agent's giving him bad information, which is entirely possible. Mm-hmm. But I, I just do not like the way his career is going down right now. Right. I, I don't either. And I, and I, that scenario that I described earlier, would, I mean, imagine where we'd be right now if that's the, the avenue he took. And, and know this, that he's in a worse leverage position now with what he did than, than he would have been. He'd be in a better leverage situation had he been positive about it and told the world that he was going to go out and earn it and that they, they tried to get a deal done, but we just couldn't quite come to an agreement. Keep it positive. Yep. You don't have to trash the organization. The organization doesn't have to trash you. Everybody, everybody out there knows that it, things are in negotiation, and oftentimes you feel like you have a, more of a value than your employer does. You go back and forth. You, you come to an agreement. There's no harm, no foul there. But when you're like, I'm scrubbing my media. I'm a $20 million player. They don't, they don't respect me. I'm not coming to camp. Blah, blah, blah. Nah. I'm going to put a heart, green heart emojis on the Philadelphia Eagles when Jalen Hurts gets his money and say, ooh, they, they, uh, they, what did he say? Oh, they, they take care of their own. Yeah, yeah. I, and I just don't have time for it, man. No. You've, been, you've been in this market for a long time. I've been a fan for a long time. There have always been problems with this team from a culture aspect and in the, inside the building. Yep. And I'm about removing bad apples out of it. Absolutely. I'm about, okay, we just had, we just had, you know, I'll call it two and a quarter year maybe of great culture, right? Yeah. In the, in the locker room, in the building. Right. right. And we want to carry that on to the future. I don't have time for these issues. There's a lot of guys, the Bucks have drafted a lot of team captains, right, in drafts over the last three, four years. It's kind of been the Jason-like philosophy. It's almost a prerequisite. If you were right. a team captain, all right, you're on our board. They have a lot of guys that have a good head on their shoulder in this, in this locker room, both offensively and defensively, and a lot of team guys and not me guys. Right. What I see here is the one outlier. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Got to remove it. Yeah. You got to remove it. Is that, is that harsh? Am I being harsh? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. And, and, and by drafting Servassier Dennis, they haven't. They, do, is he going to be as good as Devin White? I don't know. I don't know. In some aspects, I think he could be. But the bottom line is how much worse is he going to be at a million dollars a year is what you're going to be paying him likely or less as a fifth-round pick as opposed to $20 million a year. Is the production that going to be that much less? And where can you use that money in other places to make you an overall better football team? That's the job of general manager Jason Light. That's what he has to see. Where, can I, where am I going to allocate my resources? And if I can get a guy who's 87, 70%, 80% of one guy – for you know, eighteen, nineteen million less, I'm going to do that. I mean that. Then you can improve in other areas and spend that money. So, it's it's um you know he, he's not only competing against the other linebackers, he's competing 
against the other players on this team for salary. That's mm-hmm. that's just the way it goes, and it has to all the puzzle has to all fit. Um, the Pewter Report did a, a interesting. By the way, Scott Reynolds is going to join us at ten thirty. Uh, I'm talking about the veteran quarterback that the Bucks are going to sign, and there's some guys out there um, that they mentioned, and Matt Ryan being one of them. Um, I worked with Matt for a couple of years up in Atlanta, and I can tell you, there's no better dude. Um, if he would come here for a low price, I mean, you talk about a, a team player, a guy that gets it, that understands what it's all about, a guy that will gladly tutor and and be a great tutor for, um, for I think for Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, and a guy that would that would sit, fit seamlessly in the room. It's that guy. That, that's Matt. Matt Ryan would not be coming in here like I want to start, I want to play, I'm just here to be part of the team. That's what he's. That's that's his deal. So I think if there's a guy out there and you can get him at a low price, um, just from a personality standpoint and a good fit, that's the guy. I mean, uh, you know, Josh Johnson obviously he's been here before. <laughs> he could be he could be that guy. He just because he's don't you though? Well, I'll just put it this way, and I don't know what Matt. I know you know Matt Ryan better than than obviously I would or most people. And I think Matt is far beyond his days of being a starter in the NFL. Right. I think we learned that last year, but. Don't you think if you have my, Matt Ryan in the building still, like, I'm just thinking in terms of, like, a Kyle Trask or somebody. Like, don't you kind of want somebody maybe a little bit lower profile necessarily to where it's like, okay, guys, don't worry about him. You know, it's, it's still you two, especially Kyle Trask's sake. Where, like, a Josh Johnson, to me, that's a sign right away of this is a two-man thing. Chase Daniel's another example of that. Like, I feel like you can get the same job done with Matt Ryan you can get with Chase Daniel who's not going to threaten at all for anything. Nobody's going to call for Matt Ryan to be the quarter. I feel like there's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I do, except I would, you know, if it's a situation of tutoring and mentoring a guy, you know, if I, I'd like to have a league MVP mentoring those guys. You know, Chase Daniels not had that type of success in this league. He doesn't know the intricacies but of there's a reason league. why he's been a backup for 15-some-odd yeah? years. Yeah, there's absolutely. A reason. Yeah, because he fits in well. Yeah, I, I don't think he would be a bad fit. But um, I, I think Matt. I think a lot of people would, would think like you do, like, oh, he's been a league MVP. He's not going to want to come here and just you know be a, the third wheel. And I don't. I, if well, Matt, no, I don't. I and don't I don't know if Matt wants to do that. First of all, Matt yeah. may not want to do that. But if he agreed to do it, if he agreed to do it and fill that role, then he would fill that role. He would not be you know some guy that you know was be seeking the limelight. You you probably wouldn't even get him to do an interview because he'd be like, that's not my thing right mm-hmm. now. I'm I'm here to help these guys. I really don't want any spotlight on me at all. Like he he'd do one interview, uh, welcome to the team, and you wouldn't you'd probably never see him again, and until they, he was needed. And that's just the kind of, he would see. I don't even know if that's where his mind's at. If he would even want to do that, but if he would agree to it, he would honor that and he would fill the role that he that he agreed to fill. I know that he would not be any problem or anything like that. All right, let's uh, let's we got a good um, comments coming in, Jordan. Talking about uh, how long before Kurt Warner's son K takes the reins of Tampa completely out of the blue, wins a couple of Super Bowls like his dad. <laughs> well, he's not playing quarterback. He's got to make this team. First. He's got to make the team. First. But we can get EJ Warner. Where's is he? The Temple quarterback, right? What's that? EJ Warner. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I think UCF played them played yeah. him this year. Uh, James says Devin only cares about Devin. I kind of get that feeling, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, Jordan says you handle it like Shaq did and earn your contract. Granted, he's dealt with injuries. The principle still applies. Shaq wasn't asking for a trade when he played on the tag. Right, exactly. It, just, it doesn't do you any good. 
Yeah, it's because Devin White was the fifth overall pick in the draft. It feels like he's entitled to getting this big contract. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's really what it is. Uh, R.J. Martin says the real question is: Can Devin White be as good as Devin White? Feels like he gave up last season and was nowhere near his previous years. Absolutely, there were moments where he just yeah, it felt like he gave up or well, was invisible. Let me be honest: Devin White has been. The same things that Devin White struggled with last year, he has struggled in all the other years. Right. The difference is that he sprinkled in his fair share of splash plays to balance it out a little bit. Yeah. Last year, the splash plays outside of the Seattle game were non-existent. And then what do you just get left with? The bad side of Devin White. Right. To me, that's what you saw last year, really. Yeah. I think J- James makes a great point here, and the difference is that Lamar was grossly underpaid um, You know, as a as – a, 31st overall pick on a rookie contract winning an MVP. That's the biggest bang for the buck in history, right? Um, so, yeah. And, and so, but I think a lot, in a lot of ways, Lamar's been his worst enemy, too. Because he, he ended up signing for what the Ravens offered him, what, a year and a half ago? He got a, he got a little bit more. I mean, he ended up getting more than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. He, he got what he probably should have got. For having no agent and that whole thing that we were talking about, he paid out pretty well. He did, but. It took a long time. It did. And he took a big risk playing last year at all. And he probably hurt his team last year because had he been under contract, he would have played last year, I think. I know, I know he debunked that, but, mm. you know, mm. I think we know how that typically goes. Mm. Mm. We don't, and nobody knows but him, to be honest with you. But so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely grant him that. But the big, good thing is it all worked out. And he's going to be I tell, you, I tell you what, this comment here from James, this is a common theme that we have all these discussions about the Bucks, and eventually we come back to Todd Bowles. Doesn't yeah. everything seem to always come back when we try to look on like the bright side of the Bucks and be optimistic? And this is the thing that's still lingering there, is we do have one of the worst head coaches in football. Pains me to say it, yeah. but it's just a cold, it's a cold fact. Yeah. So it is fair to question how far this team can go with him as the head coach. Yeah, it, it, head coaches have to perform. Just like players, they have to perform in making the right decisions, and it's now it's more important than ever because there's so many more decisions to be made on fourth down. Um, you know, the game has changed in that way. It's become such an offensive game, and uh, you know, typically we've seen that defensive coaches have struggled with the modern NFL, not exclusively, but as being head coaches. And I, we we all want him to succeed, but we I I just keep asking the question: Where are the signs? that tell me that things are going to be different. What Did you see any growth last year in terms of his game management? No, I, I think it got worse. Um, you know, did you see any growth in terms of creating a culture? No, he admitted himself that the culture went bad under your watch. Mm-hmm. You know, n- not all his fault because of the, the Brady situation and the dysfunction in which he was named the head coach. So, anyway, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Scott Reynolds is going to join us. Uh, I think I have, may have the time wrong, but we'll figure it out. He'll, he'll be joining us at some point today. Quick break. Back to talk some more Bucks, Rays, Lightning as well. Stay with us. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? 
It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. All right. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. 
Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Uh, I apologize. We got our wires crossed with uh, Scott Reynolds, so he will not be able to join us today, but we'll get him on shortly um, to uh, want to kind of recount the whole draft with him, look ahead to the offseason and what's going on. But we will uh, we will we'll get him maybe tomorrow or uh, down the road. So. Sorry about that. We apologize, but we, we got more Bucks talk coming your way. We're going to continue with this Bucks uh, theme because uh, a lot of you guys are commenting on it on uh, on our uh, in our comment section, which you could do by the way on YouTube, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter as well. You know how to reach us on all the shows. So most uh, most folks that are in here are, I guess, watching on YouTube, right? These are YouTube and co- and also uh, Facebook posts that are coming in here, um, and and. and Talking about Matt Ryan, Jordan says, um, you know, Matt Ryan has done nothing but lose in every fashion in this league and just put up nice stats while doing, including the worst loss in NFL history in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, Jordan, my man, he's not coming here to be the starting quarterback, okay? He's coming here to tutor some guys, and if guys get hurt, to be a capable backup who can step in and play. All right? Well, I don't think this is the opportunity to trash Matt, Matt Ryan, who's had a pretty damn good career. If he won a league MVP, I wouldn't say that's losing in every fashion. And if you go back to the Super Bowl, I'm not going to lay a whole lot of that on Matt Ryan. Um, a lot of bad play calling, blindside hits. Um, you know, he's, he actually helped, helped them build the lead, too, if you don't remember that, and get them to the Super Bowl. So don't act like he's complete trash. And in this particular situation, he would not be a bad fit whatsoever. Well, I'm here to tell you right now he's complete trash. <laughs> you are? Yes. Matt Ryan's complete Matt trash. Matt Ryan is, is completely cooked. Completely <laughs> cooked. You're going to sit here. Hold up. This is my, this is my only rebuttal to you, Mr. Mr. I can't stand Brady standing there in the pocket like a statue. He's Tom not coming Brady. here to be the starter. For God. The guy's not going to play. Why are we even debating this? When Tom Brady's 55, he'll be moving better in the pocket than Matt Ryan will be now. See, that's not true. That's Matt Ryan true. can't move. Matt Ryan, he's not, he, is, he is not. He's, he can move more than Tom Brady can. I can tell you that right now. I, I, I really don't think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't yes. think so. Yes, absolutely. 100%, not even close. Listen, Matt Ryan has had a great career, but. I'm not sitting it's here over. saying he's it's over. It, it, I'm not saying he's coming here to start. He'd be a good guy to tutor some of these other other players. I so Chase same. Daniels, the the, uh, the second coming, is that what you're telling me? You want Josh Johnson? I mean, who who we got here? Who who who's who's better? I'm fine with that. Just give me Chase Daniel or Josh Johnson, and let me roll with what I have. Yeah, 
we'll, we'll, bringing we'll agree it, to disagree. Bringing in Matt Ryan to me just opens up the just opens up too many other scenarios where it's like Baker and, and Trask like can't get it or whoever's the quarterback doesn't get it done after the like first couple of weeks and then people are like, oh, we got to no, put Matt Ryan in. No, please, no, that's, please. If that, if that's the mentality of the team, then you got issues on, with the coaching staff, not Matt Ryan. Yeah, and if, if and I, I don't I'm think good. and I don't think you're proof positive that there's not going to be people here yelling to get Matt, Matt Ryan in there because he's better than the other guys. You know, yeah. I, I'm seeing it for exactly what the role it is as a camp guy who can come in, who's got a lot of experience in this league, who can tell these guys how to take care of their bodies or add a little bit of this or add a little bit of that. He's a super smart guy. Um, yeah, you'd be bringing in – it's almost like having another quarterback coach who's won a league MVP. It's not a bad idea, especially with an inexperienced uh, coaching staff offensively that you already have. That's another, it's another good brain that you put in the building that can help, help you uh, – you know, maybe he's got some great organizational thoughts that can help Dave Canales. Hey, we used to do it this way. We used to do practices this way, do this, add a little bit of something. Yeah, absolutely. You're not just paying for a guy to play football. You're paying for that depth of knowledge that he's garnered over the last I, I got it. I 18 got it. years. I got it. Why don't we just go sign Carson Wentz? No. He's a, <laughs> now that's a problem. That's a problem. It's, they're, they're, it they're, up, all, they're all problems. The, no, no, I, I don't see any problems. Just give me the career backup that I know that I know what I'm getting. Yeah. Um, what Jordan says, well, let's get this one up here, too. Um, well, that's not working either. There we go. We know how Tampa fans are. Huh? They are very knee-jerk week to week with all our sports teams. Nobody's going to be calling for Matt Ryan to start. You guys are out of your mind. You want to bet? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. How do, you, how, do you, how do you say he's lost? Like he's a he was a league MVP. Is that a loser, Jordan? That was seven years ago. Well, that's well, he said it every fashion. His entire career, he's been a loser. That's completely wrong. Listen, he took a team to the Super Bowl. Matt, Ryan, Matt Ryan, and went to the playoffs five times. Matt Ryan's a B. Yeah, Matt Ryan was a B. I don't even know why we're talking about this, to be quite honest. It's not even a, like, what are we talking about? Um, he, was a B, he was a B quarterback. All right, moving on. Do we have any more Larry Foote that we wanted to play? Yeah, let me queue up to Larry Foote for you. All right, then we'll move on to the race. You're so upset that we're trashing your precious Matt Ryan. I just, I, it's so, uh, 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 it's not needed. It's just not needed. Just not needed. All right, here's Larry Foote, and this is him discussing more about Devin White and what it really all comes down to here. Is that or is it bigger than that? It's, it's money. Yeah. It's money. It's, uh, you're looking now at the guaranteed money, and, yeah. you know, he wants his money now. Yeah. And, but he got to understand, you know, organization, they're preparing for next year. Yeah. You know, so we got to meet somewhere in the middle, however it's going to play out. But picked up his fifth-year option, you know, uh, yeah. seen across yesterday – a lot of players, they don't get that option. Yeah. So, uh, but it's money, yeah. and I understand that. Uh, like I said, he, he he's not the first, and he's not going to be the last, and then that's part of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it. This is these are champagne problems, and unfortunately, they're just going to have to work themselves out, and it's going to be in a negative way because that's the way Devin White set it up. And, and that's, that's sad to say. So they've got uh, rookie camp coming up. Uh, we'll get a chance to see some of these um, undrafted free agents as well, which um, I think Sean Tucker's the guy that, that everybody's – and I haven't really heard about what his status is. I mean, obviously he's signing a contract. He wants to play football. He can play football. He has a heart issue, which is the reason why he wasn't drafted, running back out of Syracuse. Um, I, I, I don't know – 
it, it could be a guy that is a sleeper. I mean, you just never know. He certainly had a great numbers in college, put up ridiculous numbers in college, and was very, very effective. Super but, strong dude, by the way, yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, I and, and a, you know, short yardage has been an issue, um, but actually Rashad White's pretty damn good in short yardage when you look at his numbers. So I don't know. I, I think – the Bucks always seem to find some good undrafted free agents, and he might he might be at the top of the list. Yeah, and I've also heard. I mean, I know Pew Report's really high on this guy, is Jeremy Banks, the the, the linebacker from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Which it sounds like he would have been a guy that would have gotten drafted, if not for I guess some attitude issues that popped up at Tennessee. So that's why he went undrafted. But you know, if they could sort that out, I mean, he could be a player potentially. I mean, they need more linebacker depth. End of story. So. Uh, but it seems like those are the two consensus. Sean Tucker and Jeremy Banks could be their steals as undrafted free agents. Yeah, this um, here's kind of what Peter Report wrote about Sean Tucker. Uh, talented running back, originally projected in the fourth round, was consensus number 14 ranked running back in a draft. Some analysts had him as high as a second round selection. If he's healthy and medically cleared after dealing with a heart condition, the Bucks might have found themselves a steal in free agency. Uh, he's a former track star, great speed, good vision, patient at the line of scrimmage, sees a hole and hits it, displays good contact balance, capable of receiver out of the backfield, makes crisp cuts with the ball in his hands as a one-cut runner. Uh, weaknesses. While he put up 29 reps at his pro day, that's the 220-pound the, uh, bench press, he isn't a powerful rusher and isn't going to run over defenders. He will also need to make significant strides as a pass blocker if he wants to see the field early on in his career. So he ran for 1,060 last year to senior, 11 touchdowns, 5.1 yards per carry average. That's, that's good stuff. I mean, that's, that's really, really good stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how. I mean, the bottom line is they got two players, the ones I just mentioned, undrafted that had fourth-round grades. That's a big I deal. Mean, I, read the yeah. one, I read the one here that J.C. wrote about Jeremy Banks, and he was projected here as high to go as round four until the character red flags kind of caused him to go undrafted. But uh, from what he says, he's good in pass coverage. Uh, not really the top-end speed, but he was a running back his first year at Tennessee and then converted to linebacker. So he probably has enough speed there, right? Yeah. Good size. So, And again, with, with all the uncertainty with Devin White, and I know this sounds weird because this guy has attitude issues, right? But with all the uncertainty there to that conversation – it doesn't hurt to get some of these guys in here. And by the way, the backups they have in there right now, I just don't think are any good. Yeah. Like K.J. Britt. <laughs> I don't know if K.J. Britt's making this team this year, to be honest with you. Well, not with some of these linebackers that they bring in. That they continue they to bring in. in. He's going to be pushed, and my, I'm betting that he's not going to pull out on that. Yeah. Um, we'll see. That's going to be uh, – Yeah. It's going to be fun to, to watch this. There's a lot of battles in camp that are going – I mean, we talk about camp battles – I think, you know, it's a a completely different thing. It sounds weird, but it's been, well, we've got to go back four or five years where we've actually had real camp battles for positions for the Buccaneers. We've had veterans everywhere, and now it's like we got a lot of unproven and young and and hungry here at every position. I think both edge rushers, you know, depending on what Shaq's condition is, obviously Shaq coming back, that's a beat. We we forget about that. And by the way, um, there's a a GoFundMe that has been set up for Shaq Barrett's uh, family foundation yes. which supports foster children um bruce arians also has a a, a a charity that supports foster children and bruce has already given a large donation to this so there's a gofundme set up we'll we'll retweet it out um yeah with the guys at loose cannons uh, organized yeah. it last night and they got a lot of traction so yeah thanks guys uh Samer and all those guys for doing that 
Um, so we'll, we'll retweet that as well if you want to give money to that foundation in uh, this tragic time for, for Shaq's family. And um, foster care is something that really, you know, um, there's a lot of kids out there that need, that need that help. So it's a very, very worthy cause. But, you know, Shaq coming back is going to help this pass rush tremendously. I think JTS's job is, is up for grabs from a, from a few people with Yaya and um, – Jose Ramirez, who Jose they, Ramirez, they think yeah. that might be like their, their biggest steal of what they got. They're really excited about Jose Ramirez, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they definitely approved in terms of team speed coming off the edge yeah. big time. With Diaby and, and, and Ramirez, uh, Shaq coming back. I mean, that's – Glad you can't see in the middle. Glad you can't see in the middle. I mean, their pass rush should be a hell of a lot better than it was last year. Yeah, that's what they – they wanted to come in here and get speed, and they definitely have accomplished that. And the other thing that I think was a goal – uh, and, th- and this was addressed yesterday by Casey Rogers, defensive line coach, is Logan Hall. They need more from him yeah, in well, year two. Uh, they need him to put on weight. And Casey Rogers said yesterday that he's at 296 right now. So that sounds like a – because what was he when he got drafted? Like 280? Yeah, 280, 285. Yeah, so it sounds like he's put on a good 10 to 15 pounds That's already. That's good. And it sounds like they want him to get to 300 or maybe even a little after that. So – there's an encouraging sign. He seems yeah. to have taken to what he needed to do, and he's now putting on weight, and hopefully you get more from him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll come back on the other side, get into some Rays baseball. Uh, and Scott Jeeves going to come in and join us from the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Personal attention uh, from that, a great law firm that will fight for you. If you've been involved in an accident or you've had a car totaled, and you don't think you got the settlement you deserve, that's something they do very, very well. You can get that free consultation. Just go to the JeevesLawGroup.com, contact them through the website, and tell them JP sent you. And if you have any questions, any legal questions at all, bring them uh, in the chat or hit us up on Twitter because Scott will be coming in. We'll be talking some Gator football. Uh, interesting article in the paper today about uh, the transfer portal and Gator football. So we'll hit on all that stuff in our second hour. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. 
Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com, the home of the True Body Machine, where you can just 
get hooked up there, get these 15-minute sessions, and before you know it, you got abs. It's kind of how it works. Kind of melts the fat away, gets the, the muscles and the core engaged, like you're doing a thousand sit-ups or more. So check it out. It's at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. B a m m c dot com. Um, all right, we uh, dive in a little bit to the Rays here, and it feels like a month in. The, they're, they're starting to get some traction on the national level. Uh, MLB uh, Network did like a four, four-and-a-half-minute discussion, which we're going to try to play at some point here. Um, but we go back to last night's game, and, you know, what more can you ask from Shane McClanahan? Becomes the first six-game winner in Major League Baseball, another mm-hmm. nine strikeouts. Um, his stuff was electric last night. That this, I don't remember him having the movement on this changeup that he's been throwing to uh, right-handed batters to going away. I don't remember that from last year. Is this something that he's perfected, he's worked on? Well, they talked about it a little bit on the on the national broadcast, if you remember when they played Chicago, because yeah. that was when that changeup was dancing. And it's, it sounds like Kyle Snyder worked with him in the offseason about the placement of his finger on the ball. It's right. like one of his fingers, I forgot which one, on the ball. And he started doing it, and he had a lot more break and kind of telling action. It gets right-handed hitters, and he's perfected it right now. So, yes, there was a switch there this offseason with the changeup. Yeah, that's and that's kind of been his, his swing and miss pitch, too. It has been – I mean, the fastballs, they're right there, too. And, you know, hitting at 99, I just – it's hard to ask much more from this kid to just accept stay healthy, for God's sakes. You know what's so funny about it? It's like he's reached like this – like the whole word they were using is consistency with Shane McClanahan. He takes right. the ball every five days, and at this point I know what I'm getting. And at the same time, stop me if I'm just talking nonsense. I feel like there's even another level to his to his uh, to his arsenal and to his overall game. I do. Is that fair? Yeah. Like he's really consistent with what he's doing, and I'm not. I'm by no means am I saying that I don't like what I'm seeing from Shane McClanahan. I'm saying what's scary is there's another level to Shane McClanahan. I would argue the first half that the, what he showed last year in the first half of the season was better than what I've seen the first half of this season so far, first month. I think that's fair, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm saying. But now he's – the difference now is he's found that consistency, whereas last year he didn't have that, especially in the second half of the season. That's the difference. So maybe he doesn't have to go have these all-world starts all the time, mm-hmm. but if he's given you a solid six and he's given up a run or two or zero and striking out nine or ten, I mean, you're taking – what more can you really ask for from your ace on most nights? You can't. You can't. And the offense, um, again, last night um, – Josh Lowe hit a bomb. Why did that ring have to be there, man? Did you see it? Didn't it hit the back scoreboard? It still hit the back of the scoreboard, even though that it hit the ring first. Oh, it did hit the ring first. It hit first. the ring first. That thing was on an absolute BB, and it hit the ring, and it kind of fell down a little bit, but it still hit the back scoreboard. That thing would have slammed off of, like, the top of the scoreboard if it didn't hit that ring. That was a bomb. What did they say? That was 446? I think I, it I was gotta, over 450. Yeah, I, I got I got a, it. Yeah, that was a bomb. X velocity, I think, 112. And, and boy, that was some serious trajectory. We have that one? Yes, we do. I'd love to love listen to the sound of these things. Josh Lowe. Oh, a Whoa. shot high and deep to right. <laughs> that Cole baby's going to go. You think? Wow. Kaboom. We got one from Wander last night, too. 
Yeah, yes, we did. Yes. Here was his home run in the seventh inning. Yeah, they just kept piling on. Last night. And a shot back that into deep right center. <laughs> that baby's going to go out of here. Almost raised it. Yeah, they just keep on hitting eight to one last night. Their run differential now is what 123 plus 123, which is 40 plus more than any other team in baseball. Yeah, and look at the way they made Christmas. Look at the way they pieced together eight runs last night too. Like you got, we have infield singles. We're forcing Pittsburgh into making errors. A really buttoned up baseball team early on. I mean, this is the second best team in baseball, Mm -hmm. and they've made them look like the old Pirates through the first two games with the errors. Like, they're making them make mistakes. Uh, you have a lineup that came in red hot. Now, how many runs do they have through two games? Two. Mm-hmm. Just two. Mm-hmm. In the first game, they do it with a complete bullpen effort. Right. And then the next game, they come out to you with... They're banging ace. They're banging ace and a guy who's 35 years old who had already flamed out of the big leagues <laughs> years ago. It's a ridiculous story. And he just goes three shutout to get the save. Yeah. I mean, this, that's to me what's so special about this team. It's like they're 25 and 6, yes, but they're not a one-trick pony. They can, play, they can play any style of game you want to get into. You want to get into a power contest and a slugfest? Slug let's go. They'll beat you to it. Yeah. You want to play one nothing 2 one yeah, we're going to outpitch you then, and we're going to do the right things on the base paths, and, not, and we're going to make the right plays. We're going to play great defense. Steal home. I mean, they've chafed. I don't know what else you could say about the team right now. They've checked off everything that you could possibly have well, on the list. Well, Fairbanks goes on the injured list now yes. with a forearm issue, not elbow. Uh, I try, uh, your forearm, if I'm not mistaken, is right here. Yeah. Right? And your elbow is pretty darn close to it. Yeah, sometimes these forearm things are closely related to the ulnar collateral ligament, which, dare I say, is Tommy Chop. We've Which been, he's already had two. We've been through this before. With Fairbanks. He already had two. Again, this calls into question of what the hell are we doing with our pitching staff? What are we not doing? What are we doing? Because, I mean, we, we were having a discussion about Chase Anderson. We can, get the whole, we can get the rusty bucket to keep on going, but we can't keep the shiny toys upright. I, I don't I – mean, listen, there's there's – Lots of things we I, I'm, I don't want to say certain things that I, I you know I, I know and I've heard because it's not um, it's it's not I don't want to say something out of term because I don't know I've not talked to their doctors I've talked to people that work with their doctors and they've told me some things that you know that maybe they're not as forward thinking as other organizations are let's just put it that way but the bottom line is they're having issues. They're having major, major issues that other teams are not having. And th- this is the only chink in the armor. The only chink in the armor is keeping these pitchers healthy. And it is, um, it's just, it's out of whack. It's out of whack here. For whatever reason, something's got to change. Yeah, because the Durham train, I mean, it's, we're 31 games in, right? The Durham train is, is rolling right now. But, but as soon as I say that, I'm like, well, they're number one in ERA. That's the thing. It's like... It's an issue. It's like we but keep going through different pitchers, but every pitcher we bring up 
seems to be able to, you know, out of, out of the scrap heap, seems to be able to, it to is. pitch it's, three it's, shutout innings. It is, and you're almost like you're waiting on it. You're looking for, okay, when's this going to break? Right. Like, eventually the, something's going to happen here, and these it's guys like the aren't going to be It's kind of like it. the lightning. Eventually, we, you know, we kept saying, can you keep playing this much hockey and playoff hockey and keep you know, answering the bell time and time again when other teams, nobody else in the league has been able to do it even one year after they win a cup. You're doing it two, three years after winning a cup. And nope. So, at what point is there? Is it going to be a breaking point? You can't do it all the time. Yeah, and with some of the offenses again that they're facing right now, I mean, the Yankees are a shell themselves right now. I think we understand that, but the Baltimore's, the Mets, the Toronto's, the Dodgers, the Cubs. I mean, that's your May schedule right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are some of the best offenses in the MLB right now. So, it is a. it's a concern. I'm not going to sit here and say it's oh, it's a major concern because they're 25 and six. I mean, they continue to win games. Uh, it, they seem to be able to manage it better than any other team in the league, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to injuries. Yeah. So, and the starting the starting rotation to me is the good thing. Everybody in the starting rotation, obviously not Springs, is upright at the moment. And right. I'm throwing Glasnow in there because he's doing his AAA. I think he's going on a rehab outing. Yeah. This week. This week. Yeah. Three starts in. Uh Durham, and then hopefully to get them back. So yeah, so maybe two weeks. Maybe you get middle, them back middle of the month. Maybe you get them back there for that Mets series, or wait till they come back on home against Milwaukee. So I think it's still a positive there. And but again, when the offense is doing what they're doing right now, I mean, score eight runs a game, you'll be fine. Yeah, we got our Papa John's back. Thank goodness on yeah. that one. It's um, this is what Fairbanks said. He said it's just something that's not bouncing back to the extent that I expected it to. It's just not feeling exactly right towards the end of the delivery. It's something I kind of want to nip now instead of have it come back and bite me later. You know, it's so funny. We always hear these types of quotes at the beginning of the injured stay on the list, right? Mm -hmm. And then two days later, he's having Tommy John, right? It's like almost every time these raised things come out. Am I wrong? I'm bracing. The Springs was so optimistic that it was nothing wrong. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to get a cup of coffee. I'll be back in a year and a half. I mean... God, it's just it just seems to always go that way. I mean, the only time it didn't really go that way was when Glasnow got hurt now in in spring, and we all went, "Oh no!" Our doctors like it just <laughs> they, do they need money? They just like okay, let's just Tommy John. I mean, <laughs> it's like I don't. Gotta, I mean, it's like you walk every day. We keep sending our cars in for an oil change, and they come out with the with the complete transmission overhaul. I wonder if there's data out there. I'd have to look for it, but I wonder if there is data out there that tells you which teams get get hurt more than others with their pitching staff. Because, it's baseball, for God's sakes. There's data on everything. Yeah, there's got to be data on that. But, I mean, because we're around the Rays every day. Yeah. And we're seeing it. But, I mean, the Yankees, look how many injuries the Yankees have to their pitching staff. Yeah. And I'm not going to act like the Yankees are, that's part of the reason why, or not part of the reason why they're struggling right now. They don't have any pitching. Right. So, but again, the Rays' ability to manage it, that's the key word. It managed through the injuries. The other teams in the league just had not figured out to do it. Right. Whereas the race can. Mm-hmm. So as much as we bitch about it, the bottom line is they still have the best pitching staff numbers in baseball. Yeah. So, but can it continue? Uh, there was another little incident last night with mm-hmm. Mr. Wonderful. Sports Center called Wander Mr. Wonderful. Are you, you like that nickname, Mr. Wonderful? Mr. Wonderful. I don't know why I like I that. think we can do a little bit better. That's a, that's a little too surface level for me. I like Bay Shore Bombaderos better. Um, yeah, what is, uh, but whatever. So last night, he takes a ground ball, uh, hot shot, hot shot, like picks it up, and he's got plenty of time to get it to first base. But he kind of flips it up in the air, grabs it with his throwing hand, 
and then throws a bullet to first to get the out. I, you know, it made Sports Center, right? Everybody's, oh, look at this, woo, woo. And, but it's, you know, not fundamentally the way you play the game. We had a little bit of discussion about this with the double steal the other day. It's a positive. These guys, you know, they're having fun the way they play the game. It's, it brings energy to the game. It brings, you know, life to the game. This is how they play it. Do you want to tamp that down at all? Uh, not, I don't think so. But Kevin Cash was kind of drew the line at this one. So let's listen to Cash post game last night. I think I think in the, within this interview, there's a question about that. Um, but here's his overall take on the game last night. Advantage of errors, some key doubles, some home runs. Just a game where you got it done offensively in a lot of different ways, much like yesterday. Yeah, I think so. Look, we're we're playing a good team. They played really, really well. Uh, Keller's thrown the ball well for them. Sometimes you got to just make sure you're capitalizing when they give some opportunities. That they certainly presented today, and felt like uh, we did a nice job of coming up with the big hit um, at any point when those opportunities were kind of. Arose. And then Shane, just one run. He got out of a couple jams as well early in the first and the bottom of the third. What'd you like about the way that he was pitching today? Yeah, everything. I mean, he was really good again. He's, you know, he's starting, you know, he's. T- we know how talented he is. He's starting to find that level of consistency that the elite ones do. Um, and we're fortunate that we got a guy that we can pencil on every fifth day to do that. What'd you think of the 455 foot shot by Josh Lowe? I asked Josh going up to his next at bat when he was on deck, I said, was that the best one you've ever got? And he said, yes, I wish it wouldn't have hit the ring. I'm yeah. curious where it would have yeah. actually gone. It looked like it came pretty close to the back wall, didn't it? Hit the scoreboard. It hit the, hit the ring, didn't it? Hit the ring and the scoreboard too. Oh yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Don't we have a um, what do you think of the guy who started the day in Omaha, Nebraska today? What were you looking for the launch angle? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, well, just the whole the stat cast thing. The stat cast thing. I mean, it just seems like if it hits the if it hits the ring, it's not going to go as far. Yeah, right? I saw my eyes. Like it hit the ring. Like, but it kind of like maybe like ricochet. It was more like a ricochet. A ricochet off the and ring. It kept uh, going. I guess it could and it like kept going. Make it go farther if it hits. It didn't like. It did, wasn't like it hit the ring and just went. Pfft. Right. No, it just kind of ricocheted, almost like going. when, almost like when you nick a golf ball with a tree, but you don't catch it straight. Oh, I've never done that. Oh, well, we saw yesterday. I did <laughs> plenty of times. <laughs> Let's continue. I, I hit more trees than fairways. Yeah. yeah. If there was a tree, we'll find it. Yeah, I'm right. Let's continue. He did a heck of a job. Congrats to him. Uh, I believe that's his first career save for a guy that's got, I don't know, six, seven, eight years in the big leagues to so be a starting pitcher. Um, we're fortunate that you know he came here. I think he knows a couple guys from Durham last year, but uh, that's a lot that we asked. And I, I talked to him before the game. He said his family had just gotten town, so pretty exciting for him. Just the idea that you, know, you put him out there. I assume just maybe for one inning, and then he's able to finish the game. What is yeah, I mean, we were going to piece it together. He was on full rest, but we were going to kind of go inning by inning. But uh, after the you know the first four or five pitches, it seemed like he really got in a groove, executed his pitches through a lot of strikes, and. Um, really wanted him after he got through two get another inning to get the save. On top of everything else, just getting that start from Shane after you had to empty the bullpen yesterday, yeah. another layer to it. Well, I mean, Mark alluded to it earlier today. He's the right guy to have going after a game like we we, we were in yesterday. You mentioned earlier also about him getting you know some of the national being some of the national conversation. He's now the first six game winner in the majors. Yeah, area at two point oh three. I mean, he's kind of pitching his way into those conversations. I do. I mean, I mean, I think his stuff and what he's done throughout 
a very young career is pretty remarkable. I mean, last year I felt he was the best pitcher in the first half uh, of baseball. Um, seems like he's picked up right where he left off from the playoff game, so very happy for Shane. Us. You saw the speed from Siri yesterday. You see it every night. You saw it again tonight. How important has that been for the team getting that up back and on the base pass? Uh, quite a bit. I mean, there's probably not a lot of guys that can score on the ball that he scored on, but he, I mean, he gained so much ground, long strides. We got a couple of really fast guys. I would put him at the top of the list, and that's a big part of his game. So, however he can get on base, uh, you know, we know that he's going to get extra 90 feet, maybe more than most, and then the speed that in which he covers the outfield is, is really impressive. Kept Wander kind of flipping the ball to himself on that last out of the seventh. Yeah. Style points. <laughs> Good play. Got him out. <laughs> what do you think on that? <laughs> Good play. Got him out. And he, he did one of these. He's like, Good play. Got him out. Yeah, I was looking for the, um, the cutaway in the dugout when he came back. Do you think there was a, was there, was a look? Was there a probably just has one of those blank stares, you know, straight ahead, like a little 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 eye tilt, <laughs> little eyebrow tilt, like yeah. I mean, listen, I knew the second I the second I saw it, I went, I sprinted over to Twitter because of course, <laughs> and I'm like looking for okay, we're gonna have one of the old man yelling clouds type scenarios on this one, and it did not disappoint. It, there was people who were Ray's know, Fangio was he was he was he what, what, how did he weigh in. Ray, I did not see Ray's Fangio's reaction. I should have looked to him because, of course, he was going to have an instant reaction. Yeah, there you go. He's the he's the king of the old heads, right? Right there. <laughs> you would think, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, Ray's Fangio, your reaction. I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, and I'm I know I'm younger, but I I do like the the pat. The, I'm big on the the historic nature of the game. Right, the of course, you're a traditionalist. I'm a traditionalist at heart, so. Five Which is years so ago. weird, like, because I'm the one trying to drag you kicking and screaming into modern-day yes. baseball. Yeah, like, I hated all the rule changes, and now 31 Did you play a lot in, of baseball growing up? Yeah, I played for 10 years. Okay. I spent a lot of time, you know, sitting in the field, you know, just bored out of my mind. Were you playing right field? Sometimes. Yeah, there you go. There's your answer. Nobody <laughs> a little hits bit it. of third base. Nobody hits it to right field. <laughs> <laughs> they stuck me on right Yeah, field. clearly. I was mar- That's no, why you were played, bored. No, I played third base. You I played first base. You I ever have the catcher. glove on your head sometimes, <laughs> mid-inning? <laughs> I played catcher, yeah, Just maybe. doing the thing on your – Yeah. doing the Kiermaier, spinning uh-huh. it on your finger and everything. Hmm. That was you? Well, my high school baseball team had three really good pitchers. And uh, so we, we didn't get a lot of action. <laughs> we didn't get a lot. You know, guys pitching seven inning games with 20 strikeouts. Just, you're not going to get a whole lot of action out there. It's like, why are we even here? You know, just Joe, you go do your thing. Bobby, you go do your thing. We'll uh, we'll be over here just sitting yeah. out, sitting on a bench. But yeah, anyway, I'm very I'm very traditional. I come from a very I'm like I'm from a big baseball family, like the Saladinos, you know. Yeah. And we're yeah. very traditional. So five years ago, this probably would have pissed me off, probably. But right. now, you know, like I said, I'm trying to be more open minded to the things in the game. And we had the conversation. It's so fitting because we had the conversation yesterday about yeah. this team. And Kevin Cash allowing these guys to be themselves, right? And, you know, be a kid again, right? And just play. Yes. And it's working. Yes. So why step in and, and try to enforce that? And I think that's where you kind of get – you lose your team sometimes. And I go back to two years ago, uh, Yerman Mercedes, if you recall, the catcher for the White Sox who had a really – was on a heater for like two months in the season. And he hit that home run. On, he swung at like a 3-0 pitch up like by 14 runs and hit a home run. 
in like yeah, the ninth inning. Right, right, right. And his coach was Tony Larusa, and Tony Larusa, right there for everybody to see, berated him as he came to the dugout. Yeah. Uh, and I tell you what, he sent him down to the minors like a month that's later. Crazy. That's and Yerman Mercedes has never recovered from that moment. That's crazy. That's never stupid. recovered, and that was a guy who at that time was like 29-30, a career minor leaguer, and here he is trying to get a contract, you know, right. make some money, and all those numbers matter to him. Sure. And Tony LaRusso wasn't having it. And I think the White Sox lost their – I think he lost the team in that moment. He did. Yeah, I and agree. They, and they were a similar team to the Rays. They have a lot of players with diverse backgrounds and wanted to, you know, show off their flair and everything, and that was the worst coach to allow that to happen. Kevin Cash is just, to me, just stepping back and being like, y'all go ahead. So maybe, maybe I interpret Kevin Cash's response as maybe he doesn't necessarily care for it. I don't think he wants to see it again. No. But I think that's kind of my final take on it. A one-time thing I'm fine with. It, I, think, I think there's – and this is, you know, where is the line? Where is the line? You know, and in, in, a, in a weird way, when I first saw it, I went, oh, that was fun. And then I went, it was fun, but if you drop that ball, and I don't, I don't know what was the score at that particular time. I don't remember. I, by that moment, the Rays were already up by multiple oh, runs. Okay. But even then, like, that's a play where it's, you're, you're fundamentally, you know, for a guy like Wander, that's a nothing. Uh, he can do that in his sleep. That, you know, once you catch that ball, it was a hot shot. Once yeah. you catch that ball, he knows he's got plenty of time. And it's just kind of a rhythm thing. And he probably does it in practice all the freaking time. He said he was practicing it in warm-ups. Yeah. So it's it's so I think there's a little bit of like that's not needed. Like the the double steal thing where you're you're being aggressive and you're just going on instinct and you have that ability and that freedom to do that. I think that's different than that. That and, and even when you're pimping home runs, I don't I don't have a huge problem with that. Now no. if you pimp a home run and point your bat at the at the pitcher and flip it and give him a bird that's no good. So there's a line. Yeah, there's, you can watch yeah, it. There's a fine you line. can turn to your dugout, take a bow if you like. That's fine. As long as you're doing it with your thing. You know. But now this, now there's play. That you know, if he does this again and it's an error, you know, and then you know maybe it leads to a couple runs, and then you know then it becomes a little bit of a problem, right? So I think and Cash has to know where is that line. And here's the other thing: Cash didn't go public nuke on him. Did he? No, no. He probably, he probably took him. He probably, probably at some point after the game or maybe in the tunnel, went to him and said, you know, I love you, Mr. Wonderful, but we're not going to – that's a, that's a little bridge too far. Either that or maybe you know? there's a player on this team that policed it Don't, themselves. And that's – to me, that's what I've learned from listening to a lot of, you know, GMs and coaches – the best way to handle things like this is player to player mm-hmm. rather than actually coach right. to player. Right. You need guys in the clubhouse who are going to hold others accountable. And maybe it was Yandy Diaz, who's, yeah. who's a lot older than Wander Franco, and just say, hey, that was cool, man, but, you know, let's keep it all buttoned up, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that's fair. If that, if that even fair. happened. Maybe nobody had a problem with it. I don't think it's that big but, of a deal necessarily, again, as a one-off. But if you keep doing it, then I'm probably going to be like, all right, you know. And there's and, and again, Cash is smart enough to know, and this is also a cultural thing. You don't embarrass any player really in public like that, like the way Larusa did. To me, that those are gone bygone days. That's an days. old school. That's mentality. an old. That's an old school mentality. You're protecting the game, and you're showing everybody how you're protecting the integrity of the game. We ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for that. There's too many other messages that are being sent within that. You know, just, there's a better way to handle it. There's a better way to handle it. 
and instead of letting your ego get out of out of control in that situation, you you don't you you let another player handle it or you handle it in a very even when it's asked about in the in post game press conference, you don't go off. You just go. You, you he sent a message with what he said. He it was complete. <laughs> It was passive aggressive. To, to, I mean, that was that was a one passive aggressive. That was like eh, good play. <laughs> he didn't even have to say don't do it again. We understand. So I, I lo- and that's why Cash is one of the best managers, if not the best manager yeah. in baseball. And, and you know what? And I I don't know how much this really matters necessarily, but for a fan base that is dying for their team to get some respect, and and you know everybody look at us, right? That play was all over social media last yeah, night. Yeah. It was everywhere. You told me it was on Sports Center. Yeah. I mean, you know how hard it is to get a baseball highlight on Sports Center. Especially for the race. During the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. let alone. I mean, the fact that they, they actually devoted something to Wander Franco doing that. Yeah. Uh, they and then showed his home run. And showed his Mr. Wonderful. Run. Yeah. Like, isn't that what you wanted at the end of the day, Ray sure. fans? It's what I wanted. I wanted them to be there. So I think if you're really pissed off about it, I mean, again, the team's 25 and 6, folks. They're twenty five and six. I don't. I don't have time to worry about all these issues right now. There is not a whole lot. And you know what? You know what? Here's the other thing. Not like maybe Wander was just like, you know what? This game's too easy right now. I can make this play in my sleep. Let me just challenge myself a little bit with a little flip. You know? I don't know. Don't do it. You're testing the baseball guy. Testing the baseball guy. But this game. You saw what they did to you last year. You know that. But this game looks too easy right now to these guys. Yeah, but I think I think I think it's a real good balance, and the I think the Rays are hitting it perfect. They they're, are. They're barreling it up <laughs> right in the sweet spot. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back uh, and talk some college football. Our good friend Scott Cheeves is in the house, and if you have any legal questions that you uh, have some thoughts on, he'll be happy to answer those as well. You can put them in the chat or at FanStream JP, uh, and. Um, we got some interesting things to talk about when it comes to Gator football. Their recruiting is doing great, but there are some other issues that aren't so good. We'll talk about that next. Stay with us. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. 
Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on FanStream Sports. Only just begun. Welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show. Our good friend Scott Jeeves joining us here from the Jeeves Law Group for the, um, 
our Gator Report. And my friend, it is so good to have you back. We haven't had you in a while. Hey, thank you. And we really appreciate your sponsorship of the show. The fans out there really appreciate the sponsorship of the show. Um, And we got a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to your beloved Gators. You have a question for me. I do. How how do we put so many people in the uh, (laughs) NFL but uh, not so good on the field this last year? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the league you play in, first and foremost. You know, um, you put the Gators in the ACC, they'll be winning, you know, eight, nine, ten games, even even over the last couple of years. So let's just be honest about that. It's it's a much tougher league uh, to play in, and it's it also has the best coaching in the league. And if your coaching's not up to stuff. You're you're going to be you'll lose games. I mean, you got that. There's there's talent there. There's no question about it. Um, but the other part of it is, you have between ten and fifteen NFL scouts at every SEC game. So every one of your players is getting a really really good look, and you just need to catch one scout's eye. When you this and you, and you're gonna get the guys. Will, they'll follow you. They just love taking players from the SEC because they're they're productive in the NFL. It's the closest facsimile to the NFL. So you're just going to get more players drafted just off that alone. Now you start seeing about, you know, will the will these players be good pros? That's a whole other question. That that's a you know Richardson in Indianapolis. I think he's got an ability to be successful because they brought the uh, backup from Philly over. Yep. So they may give him a year, which I think he'll you know that would be a better time. for And him. he's got a great coach in Shane Steichen who who will who knows how to get the best out of that type of quarterback because he did it with Jalen Hurts and. He, the athletic, you know, I looked at Anthony Richardson. I'm sitting there like you watching the FSU Florida game, and I'm just holding my breath. You know, as the, as the Florida gets the ball with with a chance to win the game late in the game, and I'm just saying, you know, this cat, this cat can go 70 at a moment's notice. You know, and you're just holding your breath. Well, you, or he can throw the ball. Or throw it to us. That's good too, which he almost did. Uh, we just didn't catch it. So that's and that's that's who he is. But I, you know, we've been we've been debating this on this show for two months, three months now. You know, with the should the Bucks take Anthony Richardson? And I went from hell no to yeah, it'd probably be a good idea because you start watching his tape, and which I did. I went back and watched almost every game he played this year, and there are some dumb throws in there. You watched every two <laughs> so as a Gator fan, yeah. but there's all just the athleticism is just off the charts. Yeah, I mean, he he showed well in the Tennessee game. He showed well. In some big games, and and to his defense, I think he had a lot of drops by his receivers. Tons, most I think the most in 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 uh, the major conferences. Yeah, which is you know which I think is is identified as a problem. We're going to have to fix. And yeah, I think Napier's on it, and I, I you know I think we have a lot of faith in Napier, or he's you know he better start to produce. <laughs> like any other major college, you got to win. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll say this about Napier: I think he's a great recruiter, and right now I think their class for next year is top six or seven right now yeah that's what you got to look at in the last in the, the first two years of norvell were a disaster yeah. you know worse than what you guys went through so look where they are now and and it would and it's all about getting his type of players you have to have ultimate faith in your coach if you're going to hire the guy you got to have faith in time unless they show you something that is so egregiously bad you have to fire them like willie taggart um so I, I think we saw enough strides from Norvell to say, okay, he's making the right thing, and then pop last year, yeah. you get you know you get ten wins out of nowhere. Consistency. Yeah, yeah. So I think Napier, I, he strikes me as a really smart guy and a very convicted guy. Like he knows his system and he knows the type of players that he wants. Now there's a, there's an article in the paper today. I'm sure you read it about them not 
I think they brought in one kid in the portal, yeah. a really good player from Michigan, a four-year starter. Um, but the numbers aren't there in the portal. And, and I'm sure Gator fans are looking at FSU and we're killing it in the portal. Yeah. We've, we've found some great players. So I see that there's – and I think Mike has done a great job of identifying the right players and getting them and creating an atmosphere where these players want to come. I think it's going to happen with Napier. I really do. I just don't know how good of a game coach he is in terms of the SEC. We, we should be better on, on recruiting in the porthole because there's a chance to come play at the SEC level. And like you said, the scout league. We're the scout yes, league for the yes. NFL. So I think that's an advantage in the fact that we're not doing better than we did. We did get some quarterbacks, obviously. Yes. We did well there and everything. Last time we were here, we talked about NIL. Yes, that? yeah. In the interim, there was the debacle with the uh, number one ranked uh, quarterback in the country at Florida. So Florida's now kind of redone their, their system. Let's, let's what was your take on how what went down there? I know you know I, a lot of people I, I think <laughs> in high places. There's, I mean, I think it was a systematic you know, breakdown. There's probably communication breakdowns on both sides, I think. It was way overpromised, maybe under delivered type of thing. Yes. I don't think. Yes. I think they were, they're working through the system. And they just don't know how to do it. And the problem I have with the NIL is, is it's going to. I, I have things I've thought about is, does it cause dissension among the team? Do we pay our, you know, the Texas running back? He was getting a Ferrari and all this other stuff. Yeah. Do you have one or two players that are getting? And that's what, if you look at it right now in the NIL, that's what's happening. Yeah. You've got. One, two players maybe on a team, and does that create some team dynamics where there's resentment or this, that, and the other? I think they're they're trying to shape it, they're trying to work through it, but you know, and and people, certain people are more marketable. I get that. Yeah, I, I get that. You're you know, offensive lineman, even though he, he keeps your store, you know, quarterback safe and and not on the ground, may not be as marketable as the running back, the quarterback, the you know, the wide right. receiver catching right. the touchdown. So there's inherent things that I I think. If they do that collective approach, maybe they can spread the money around around the team. You know, I kind of like that. I think I, that's what a lot of programs are doing. Like that idea. There's like kind of a minimum salary, so to speak, for you know anybody on scholarship, and then you know according to how many you know uh, boosters or companies come in that pick players to do this, that, and the other. Now, have you? Endeavored into NIL with any of the Gator players to represent your your no, your law firm, I mean, or how how does I, that work? Does that approach you? I think you got to push a lot of dollars in that, and, yeah. And I don't, you know, when the NIL came out, you got you know. Well, you, you you're a donor, going. right? You give you give money to the school. Yeah. How do they? I'm interested to know how they approach you. Do they want you to give it to the school? Do you, do they want you to give it to the NIL? They, do they want. I mean, how do they want I, you to do I it? I think. You've got competing interests, okay? Right, right. I think exactly. You, you've got the Gator Boosters who want right. you to give it to the football program right. and buy the tickets. Right. Now you've got an IL booster, like here's additional thing that we've got more money to potentially put into, and you've got all these other things. And I'm just, I'm not quite sold on the NIL. Yeah. I, I, I'm just not willing to give money that way. Whereas I'd rather, you know, give the booster for my tickets in the traditional way that you've always done. Right. Right. I, I just don't. And I think you know. We see in all major college football programs, it's it's like, uh, okay, we got to have a better indoor practice. We got to have the better this, better the that. Facilities, the race. facilities race. It's yeah. like one more thing that you know is a money drain on these programs. Yeah. And, and are we giving the kids back the dollars that they deserve when you're practicing twenty, thirty, forty hours a week, whatever yeah. it may be? It's forty. 
or more <laughs> or more I, yes I, I, i'm trying to be tactful i'm yeah. sure i'm sure they're all working that hard but i, I once i once had a, a player uh, i won't tell you which school but you know it well um and it happens at all schools they would make them fill out a timesheet, you know and they have to can't do over 20 hours a week and they'd fill out this timesheet, and they and the coaches would tell them how much time to put in there because they like it said they say you have to put zero on Sunday, but they all spent six hours at the film room, and two hours in the weight room on Sunday, and he's like we have to put zero, he's like, put zero, and yeah. everybody's and, doing it. And you it's a joke. You don't it's a joke. you don't count PT time. You don't count exactly. rehab time. I mean, you don't count this. You don't count that. It's, when it's they're, when they're all, all for doing, show. It's all, all for show. And uh, but this is this is. You know, and it's interesting because as as a as a booster, the old and back in the old days, it was the same. The better players got more money. It was just under the table, right? And now they get the the other, other best players get more money, but it's on top of the table. But at least now everybody's getting something, and I think that's important. I've always I, been an advocate for paying the players. I, I'm I'm going to laugh because I remember a buddy of mine played at SMU when Dickinson oh, yeah. were there, and he said even he you know, barely played at times, but he said he would come in and there's, you know, there would be different sizes of stacks of money <laughs> in everybody's, you know, in everybody's little locker. And, and I'm not mentioning his name because he's just nicest guy and he still loves yeah. SMU, but he, he was like, and he goes, and then there's Eric Dickerson's, <laughs> there's like a bag, a bag in there. Him and uh, James, remember Craig James? Yes, yes and the Pony them, Express. Yep, the they Pony were doing Express. well. And he's, yes. he's like, you'd walk in, they'd, they'd have a bag. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else have a stack, they had a bag. bag. You get the bag, you get the bag. Well, was it the, the um, as the story goes, when Cam Newton was, was being uh, uh, recruited um, after he left Florida, uh, that you his his dad was a pastor in Atlanta, I believe it was, and I don't know if this is true, but this is just the you know the the urban myths is that the recruiters would go to the church and put the money in the, put the money in the plate as it was being passed, yeah. and they would know like what school and clearly Auburn I went to church a lot. <laughs> I think they went to church a lot, but yeah. it's like you know how much is that guy worth to Auburn for the for the the national ch- and everything that. That they bring, it's you know, it's crazy. The system was so broken, and they wouldn't fix it. So then the legislatures and came in, and they fixed it. But they didn't fix it, as you knew there was. Because once you get, you know, once you get the legislatures involved in yeah. something, they don't know what they're doing. It's it, and now we have this problem in Florida. Florida jumped on it early. Said we're going to let NIL, but we're not going to let the schools be part of it. And then every other state said, oh, we're going to let schools be part of it. You can direct it. And now we're at a disadvantage. Now we're changing that law. But so now our, our, our schools can be involved directly in the NIL like every other school. You know, I, I think you always legislative. Sometimes when they get involved, they have great intent. And of course. I mean, I think they did at the beginning. And I was it was, I was great intent. I was happy that we were, were on the edge of doing it. But now they've got to examine it. And like you said, they've got yeah. to fix it. And they probably will. They'll, yeah, they'll, I think that I think that bill actually has yeah, passed. So this year, they'll be able to, or it may have already been enacted. But I know this: Florida State's NIL has gotten so much better over the last year, and they now and now teams are doing like recruiting NIL and retention NIL. You have to retain the players that you get with the with the portal, <laughs> with yes. the portal, and you because they can all leave. 
and they can all go to other or go you know romance with other schools and get a. There was one offensive lineman from Georgia that went to FSU and it was all reported that he was going to transfer to FSU, and then all he was doing was trying to get more money from Georgia. So then Georgia came up with more NIL and he stayed. So it's and I, people I, get mad at the players for doing that. I don't know why. I, I mean, if you're maximizing, you have a short window of right. life in, in college ball. And if you're trying to maximize for whatever you're doing, the, who's the one kid that played uh, basketball for Gonzaga that got a ton of NIL money? And if he would have gone in the NBA, he would have uh, yeah, yeah, Timmy. Yeah, yeah he was he, there for like eight years. Yeah, yeah. He, he would have been making in, more money in college than he would in the NBA. Yeah, he would have made in the developmental because <laughs> yeah. that's where they had him slotted. So yeah. I, oh, I don't blame him. No, I, I would have stayed there and maximized my dollars and enjoy it and live a great college lifestyle. Remember, you remember what it was like? To oh live my college god! Down? Well, I've always said this, and, and I, I learned this. I covered Tim Duncan when he was at Wake Forest, and Tim Duncan could have left early a couple of times, but decided to stay because he loved college. He loved the college experience. He loved hanging out with his, his, his buddies. And, and he's, you know, and he said this to me, he said, I, I guarantee you if, if all these, if players could get paid in college, they wouldn't go to the NBA early and the NBA doesn't want them. And they, they don't want to take these young kids cause they have to play them too early. And you've got older players that are better, but if you draft them, you got to play them. So it messes up what they're doing. And the players themselves, the young players, they leave because they have to, because you got to get the money while it's there. So if you were, if, and I have always said, especially with NIL now, you can do this, is like let the, let the teams draft the players as a high school player, whatever. And then the player can decide when he wants to go to the NBA. The team can decide. And most of those players would stay in college if they were getting paid. I think, I think that's a good thing. Because they love the college. Yeah, Who wouldn't? That's a good thing about the NIL, because then it also, what I always Fear for the players is risk injury. Yeah, think of how yes. many players you can name off the top of your head that didn't play pro because they got a severe injury yeah. uh, in their college days. Yeah. So if they could offset that risk of injury by some of that NIL, get like a disability policy that would cover them for being yeah. a pro athlete, especially anybody. If I'm a first round draft choice, yeah, and I and I know I'm going to go first round. And I'm I'm leaving early. Sorry, yeah, absolutely. Why did I go to college so I can eventually make a living? If I can make a living today, that's crazy money. Mm-hmm. I'm gone. Well, Jared Verse, who the the uh, FSU got through the portal, mm-hmm. you know, became a superstar edge rusher. He was projected to be a top ten pick and decided to come back to Florida State. I've never seen that before. Any you know, played in a bowl game. I've never seen that before. I don't know what FSU, but FSU was clearly paying him a lot of money to stay. Um, not, maybe not as much as he would make in the NFL, but so there's a, you know, you have to now create a culture on your campus, and I think FSU has done a great job of it because all these players are talking about it. Oh, it's a great family atmosphere. We want to play. We play for each other, this, that, and the other. And, and that's important because to retain players, you got to keep them happy. Now, they just lost a couple in the portal because, you know, it's, it's, it's a curse and it's a blessing because when you see guys leaving, it's be, talented guys leaving, it's because there's no room for them. There's there's too many great receivers at FSU. Michael Pittman's going someplace else, so it's it's it is a delicate dance that these coaches have to do right now, and I don't well, I don't envy them. And it's and it also gives players other opportunities. You've yeah. got players that go to Alabama and Georgia that are second or third string that are never going to see that field. Right. Whereas if they transfer, they may get that year of blossoming, that different coach, that that relook, a you know that they're going to get at different schools and. Trust me, if I'm 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 Florida or you know whatever, I'm looking at Georgia and Alabama, Florida, Florida State. So I'm looking at Georgia, Alabama roster. Absolutely. I'm looking at every other roster because 
we don't have that. It's now a national recruiting. Back in the day when we were young, yeah. you know, you could just recruit in the state of Florida, and you were going to get your players. Miami, Florida State, Florida were dominant for years. Yeah. Now, now we're competing against USF, FIU. Uh, yeah, they all come in and take know, them. They the, take uh, Alabama takes all the Florida kids. Uh, Georgia, yeah. And because you know, it's also social media and stuff has changed. Yep. You can get sites on kids that that schools have never seen before because it's much cheaper for them to recruit these ways. It's a national recruiting thing. And that's now that I'll give Napier credit. He recognized that yep. and he's got a lot more coaches than we've ever had. So they're, they're doing more touch points with these kids, which I think is required. I've always, you know, I've always wondered, you know, um, how much emphasis, because when Florida state went away from recruiting, it was, it was funny when they got, went through their 14 year dynasty, they were recruiting mostly Florida players early on. And as they got a bigger national profile, they started bringing in players from other, you know, he's the number one recruit from Pennsylvania. He's the number one recruit from California. He's the number one, you know, Chris Ricks is a perfect example of that. You know, he, he was terrible quarterback, <laughs> but he was the number one. And when we started going away from Florida players, is when Florida State started to take a nosedive. I, I still think even if you're a national program like you know Miami, Florida State, and Florida are, you should still be hunkered down and, and get at least 80 to 85% of your players from Florida. I, Florida, Georgia, yeah, in, I, I in the think, South. I think Napier is trying to do that. I think, yeah, um, he's doing a great job. I think that. FSU's coaches is, is going back to basics, which is get the Florida recruits. Where are the three for football? Let's just talk football, and it's for most sports. Yeah. The three best states to recruit from are Florida, Texas, and California. Yeah. They're the three biggest biggest populations yeah. and still have football programs. I mean, some states, you don't know, if you're playing six-on-six six at yeah. some small Texas school, you're not yeah. getting the same experience as they are when they're playing nationally ranked programs yeah. and things like that. I don't think it's bad to get the number one recruit from, you know, Pennsylvania or whatever, but you've got to evaluate, do a lot Make more sure evaluation yeah. than you've ever done in the past. Yeah, because what kind of competition are they playing against is what I, I always worry about. So uh, Scott Jeeves obviously is here, our, our, one of our great sponsors. What's going on in the legal world right now? What's hey. what, 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 what's the big hot, hot issue here and here? Well, here and our, our legislator, if you didn't know, everybody that has – personal injury cases filed before a certain deadline because the legislators changed kind of the rules dramatically. And Oh, what happened? Um, basically, you know, first party, a property damage case, you know, they took attorney fees away, so they took that balancing act away against the insurance companies. Oh. So some of those cases are going to, they lowered the statute of limitations from four years to two years. They've done a lot of things in the legislature this year that are, are anti-plaintiff in my opinion, but. The pro-insurance company? Pro insurance company, which shocking which development, are, which are making billions. <laughs> they don't happen to make any donations to those said legislatures, do they? Uh, Is there I, any of that going I, on? I have no comments. So, <laughs> uh, basically, you you've, got, you've got uh, billions of dollars profit of these companies that have been given, you know, a kind of a relief act yeah. in our state. Now, when, when they collect when they the twenty years we went without a major real hurricane in Florida, and they collect all those premiums. Aren't they supposed to put those in, in a, like a rainy day fund? You, you, and then they then they get they, a, a big hurricane comes and all of a sudden they're broke. Yeah, like, you, where'd that money go? That money got sucked out to a profit. <laughs> I mean, yes, they sucked exactly. it out profit to, the, to the shareholders. To the shareholders and or and the CEO. You know, smaller takeout companies like yeah. in the property sector. They they were getting huge bonuses and then all of a sudden they all cry poor. We can't right. we can't pay it because and then the legislature bails them out. It's a continuing program. They, you know, some of these smaller companies have gone to FIGA, things like that. It's a, it's a tough. It's it's a multi-prong attack, and I don't, 
I just don't agree with all the things they did. How, how does it affect the consumer, the plaintiff in your case? If you're involved in an accident now, um, how, does, how does it affect you? I think for everyday accident, I think you've got plenty of attorneys out there, and those cases have been traditionally taken where you're taking a percentage or whatever you get on a settlement. So I don't think that is going to be as affected. Where I'm more worried about is it's you've got a homeowner's claim and your contractor comes out and says it's $20,000 and the insurance company says, no, I'm going to only offer you five. You've got no lever or mechanism to bridge that gap by not getting your fees paid forward. Right. You've got people with hurricane claims down in, in Fort Myers. Yeah, that are still, I heard about this. That, that are not paid. At this point, I think it's the saddest thing in the world. And what's, what is your recourse if you call an attorney? Say somebody says, and I heard this, there's a really, uh, this was an actual case, a friend of mine down in uh, Fort Myers. Uh, the, the adjuster came in and said, you have 200, about $200,000 worth of damage. And the insurance company said back, came back and said, well, we'll give you 27000 That's what we think the repairs should cost. And they're and they like, no, we're not accepting that. And they said, well, you either accept it or take us to court. Meanwhile, the, the rain is coming through your roof. You don't have $200,000 to fix your roof. It, it causes you were almost forced to take a lower settlement. If you're in that situation, what do you do? I think you get an attorney, you, you take it partial, you take some of that money, you tarp your place up, you yep. do the best you can to seal it. But the problem is, with those hurricane-force winds when they came down, when all that water is coming in, everything in the inside of the house is destroyed. It's toast, yeah. You know, and in some cases, i got a case right now where we've had, uh, I'm working with, with Lexi Cotton with my firm. Um, she, the, a tree came down the middle, broke the foundation. The insurance company hasn't offered to pay the limits yet. So we're in litigation with them going, hey, guys, I know you think this house is fixable, but the city has condemned the house. They're going to make us tear it down. Right. You know, there's no debate here. Right. But what it is, and, and you know, I, I think it's kind of sad. You know, insurance companies bottles, I think, is a delay, deny, defend. Exactly. Yes. Especially over if they can weed out people. If they can weed out people of 70% won't do anything or won't go hire that attorney. You know, that's what's happening, and that's happening in Fort Myers, that people are just not realizing, look, I need to take advantage, use it internally, do the things I yes. need to do to get myself back to whole. And what I don't like going forward is, JP, you come in and say it's $10,000, and I'm saying they offered me 2500 What I do? I'll be like, we're going to have to measure this out, and we're going to have to do some things strategic-wise, that we're going to have to offer to settle for like 7500 so that we can get my attorney fees in play if they want to play right. this kind of game so that you're not getting, you know, totally zapped out. It's it's horrible. I think hopefully when this cleans through a little bit, maybe the legislator will put a bill of rights in for, for, the, for the people. For, for the people. Yes. Or, or, or what I think was such a drastic, we've had – First party, you know, your insurance company attorney fees for 130 years. Right. So that kind of made David for Goliath. It kind of balanced right. it out. Now it's gone the exact opposite, which is sometimes when legislators fix things, you remember they got that first try, just like NIL. Right. Hey, there's a real problem here. We want to fix it. Right. Now, hopefully, in a few years, they'll come back and look at it and say, look, we now skewed it too far. And right. We need to bring some of these things back. So, so if you hire an attorney in the in the past, your attorney's fees would be covered. The insurance company would would, would have to cover your fees. Yeah, if you won. If you won. Yeah. And now it's now you still have to pay your own fees. You have to pay your own fees, but there's some things in the law that you can do to 
to put the fees back on them. Right. But it's not one way. It used to be a one way provision. Right. Now it's not. So, you know, they've done that's some certainly that's certainly not helping the people. Uh, it's, 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 I, I think it's anti-consumer, but it, it, there's an agenda. And remember, the system was abused in some respects. You yes, know, there was true. abuse in, in all systems. So I think it's just an overreaction to the abuse in the system. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, Florida had to do total reset on its NIL stuff because this quarterback debacle. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so they've got to get in to advise and do and really work through it. You know, and, and think of that from, and like you said, you want to build a family atmosphere. That's what right. FSU is doing. Yep, yep. Hopefully Florida is doing that. You know, hopefully Miami. I, you know, I love it when all the teams are good. Yeah, you know, I, absolutely. I, I tease. I, I root for FSU except for when they're playing Florida. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. I want all my Florida teams to be awesome because I want to say, hey, we beat you when you were undefeated. Right. Exactly. And you want to say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or if we're having a bad season but you guys are undefeated, we beat you. At least we absolutely we, we salvage our season. That's exactly. A, that's yeah. our bowl game. So yeah. those are the enjoyable things. Uh, do you think uh, FSU are they going to be eventually be moving from the ACC? Yeah, they're they're going to be. We, well, uh, you guys won't don't want us in the SEC, so that you keep blocking our way to the SEC. Hey, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think uh, you know back in the day, I was actually working in Tallahassee when that whole thing went down, when everybody thought the FSU was going to the SEC, and I'll never forget the whole SEC people came in and with Coach Bowden and I think uh, Hootie was our AD at the time. And they came in and they were just like, there was this whole arrogant attitude of you need, you know, we might let you in. We're not really sure. And we're not going to get any shares of any of the you know, big money for about five years. And then we'll start trickling in some money. And, and at the FSU, they left and they were, FSU was like, what the hell was that? Like, and then the ACC is like throwing stuff at us. No, please come here. We'll give you everything. And, and you know, and we right. did the decision that was probably best for us at the time. But now... FSU belongs in the SEC, and I think that's going to be they, the Super they Football play, Conference. They play SEC yeah. schools anyways, and the the problem is I don't know if SEC can take them right now with taking in Texas and Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah. which is going to dramatically change the landscape yet again. I don't, you know, think, like you said, it's hard. Like if you're a 8-3 team in the SEC, you're, you're like major – eligible for a bowl because you played Alabama, you played right. Georgia, you right. played LSU, you've, you've gone through all these teams, and it's it's a tough, tough, tough program I, right now. I don't know how the realignment's going to go, but I think eventually we're going to have, you know, uh, we're going to have super conferences. We're going to probably have six super conferences yeah. with 16 teams each, and, you know, there's going to be a true playoff. You know, you win your division, get a championship game. You, it's very NFL-like, I think, is what you're going to see when these conferences. And whether FSU goes into – you know, maybe it will be the SEC, and maybe it'll, they'll fold into the Big Ten. I don't know which way it's going to go, but I would I would hope it would stay in the Southeast. That's you know, I I don't want to. I'd rather be playing those schools around us, and you know, just think of the road trips and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And you guys will eventually. It would make most sense to be in the SEC, just given where it is. But the SEC right now, how it's many divisions do they come yeah. come in, or do we do two simple divisions, and then who? Who are we bringing with you? Yeah. Because we want at least one or two teams to come in. It'll be Clemson. Time. I mean, FSU and Clemson look like SEC programs. You yeah. Know? And they just they just do. They're big schools. They're in that, you know. You know, Miami's different. It's a private school. You know, it's a smaller school. I just, they, to me, they, they're, they're more of a, a Big Ten, you know, type school if they were going to, if, if, that, if the ACC was going to lose some teams. So I think Clemson and FSU were more SEC-like um, but we'll we'll see how it all goes down. Yeah. You know, I, I would like to. I, I think at this point, that's where they belong. You know, I, I think 
the natural I, evolution. I think of it. those are the natural targets for the SEC at next. It's it's got to be. But you know, it's all. But it's about money. How much is your old buyout? Well, that's the problem right what's now. What's your years? The SEC, the SEC is getting what thirty or thirty-five million more than the ACC is paying out per year. Yeah. You know, and for FSU, that's um, impossible to. to that's an impossible. Well, it's like can't compete. It's like the Premier League in soccer. Right. Premier League is so much more money than every other league. Yeah, and that's where the SEC is going. Yeah, competing against the Big Ten. Yeah, and, and money is you know now this money and it doesn't necessarily go right into NIL. But it does. It all goes into the same pot. If you're if you're not spending it on players, you're spending it on facilities. So it's all or coaches or whatever. So it all goes into the same pot. And if you know it's, if the SEC salary cap is thirty five forty million dollars higher, you're gonna have a hard time. You're gonna have a hard, hard time. time competing. It, yeah. It, it and is. FSU gave away their their rights till twenty ninety or whatever the hell it is, and they're trying to figure out a way how to get out of it. But, you know, a lot of lawyers, a lot of legal fees. You need to get into that business. A lot of legal fees trying to figure out get, that deal. Getting programs out of, out of contracts? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's a, a, that's a specialty. Yeah, that's yeah. a big tab. There are going to be some billing on that oh, one. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> and some deep pockets, too. they so got to be. Definitely a place to go. Well, Scott, thanks so much Thank for coming for in. And, and we really appreciate your uh, your sponsorship for our show. And, uh, and the people do as well. And, they and really appreciate you doing it. Keep the good product up for everybody. We're, Hey, we know what we're uh, we're much like you. We're we're, yeah. we're talking truth to power. We're trying. We're the we're the show of the people, and we're and that's what you do. You represent them against these bigger companies and try to give them a fighting shot. And that's that's kind of our our, our same DNA. We're 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 the same. We're we're the little dogs just kind of barking at the big dogs, trying to keep them. You know, trying to keep them honest. Yeah, it's just it's, it's what we're doing. Well, what we're doing. We're, I actually think we're a little bit of the bigger dogs trying to bark at the other bigger. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's true. I, I would I would say that too. But um, there's a there's a, a lot of lot of big money out there. There's no doubt about that. All right, Scotty. Thanks Thank so much you. for joining thanks us. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Uh, Nick's going to get us uh, out of the show here as we all come right. to a close. Appreciate it. Um, all right, thank you guys for joining us as well today. And we got uh, we got Rays baseball coming up this afternoon, I believe, right? We got an afternoon game, so uh, go Rays to that. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, Lightning and um, and Buccaneers too. We're going to talk some NFC South. We're going to have uh, Saints and Carolina representatives on tomorrow to talk about their draft and see how uh, how they did. And we look forward to it's going to be one hell of an NFC South race this year. Um, And we try to get Scott Reynolds on tomorrow from the Pewter Report.